Hello, everybody. And on today's episode of Christian in Progress, I'm going to be talking a little bit about what it's like to be an ex-gay. I've gathered up a bunch of Instagram questions, and I'm ready to tackle all of them, pretty much. <laughs> and this is going to be pretty difficult, but I'm excited to answer these questions about what it's like to be an ex-gay. What does it mean? Why do I call myself that? So for those of you who do not know, my name is Samuel Perez and this is the podcast Christian in Progress. And just a little bit about myself, I am a former gay stripper. Yep, that's right, you heard that correctly. I left behind the homosexual lifestyle to walk with Christ. And this podcast is all about how I do it, why I do it, and to help others like me and educate those that maybe are not like me. I wanna talk but I really wanna talk about what a real life with Jesus looks like in 2021. Nothing is off limits, and I wanna be as transparent as I possibly can be. Before we get started, I wanna let everyone know that this podcast is completely free to listen to, and we do accept donations, and we have some awesome rewards and gifts for those who wanna become patrons of the podcast. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Podbean, click on the description and you'll find the link to becoming a patron of the podcast, which means you'll be making a regular monthly commitment. Also, we have my website where you can find resources to give through PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App, and that's SamuelAbrahamPerez.com. So, like I said, I'm going to be answering some questions about what it's like to be an ex-gay, so just give me a few seconds while I pull that up. Um, this is... Uh, Something that's been kind of on my mind, but before we get started, I want to explain to you my costume. So I'm trying to, this is my shirt, Jesus Gains. I, I don't know if you guys have gotten uh, the hint yet, but I'm basically just a gym goer. I've got like my protein shake right here, which is just water um, and these Pit Viper sunglasses, um, which I'll be taking off in a minute. Um, but I, I've seen this look kind of on TikTok before and I'm trying to do a costume theme every single time. Um, I do these podcasts, so um, I decided to uh, buy these sunglasses, buy this shirt, and do a pit viper guy from the gym. <laughs> and I don't, I don't even really know what to call the costume if you're watching on YouTube, but if you're listening, um, it's it's a gym goer costume basically. Um, and you know, some of my podcasts can get real serious, so I like to bring a little entertainment and a little bit of laughter um, in the podcast. So that's part of that. So I'm just gonna go ahead and I'm gonna remove these glasses. And of course, what is revealed, a beautifully suntanned uh, face. And also, guys, I have a mullet. <laughs> so I thought it would, I thought this would be perfect. Let me just go ahead and fix that. All right. So like I said, I'm going to be answering questions today about what it means uh, to be an ex-gay. I don't really have like a manual book. I don't have a, a book that's been written for me with a bunch of rules and instructions on what this actually means. So I'm just gonna be giving you guys my raw opinion on what this means. And um, I hope you guys can forgive me if there are any errors. Um, these are just you know my opinions, my experience, and the walk that I've endured for myself and my journey. Um, so feel free to agree or disagree. I'm not really looking for anybody's approval. I'm just trying to share my own experiences so that if there are people out there who feel the same way that I do, they can connect and they can feel like they relate to me in some shape or form or way. Um, and maybe I can help them in some of the things that I've been through that maybe they are going through at the particular moment. So, um, or maybe you're just curious on how this whole thing kind of works in my lifestyle and, and how I live now. So the first question that I'm pulled up, which was written by myself, because I did write a couple of questions, um, is what is an ex-gay? So for me, an ex-gay is just a really, a, a very general 
kind of labeling um, and I don't even really like to put labels on myself, but I've put this label on myself to be able to help people get a better idea of who I am, even though it doesn't completely define me. It does not define me, not even in the slightest because it's a, a lifestyle, a walking away of a lifestyle instead of like who I am now, which I consider myself a better label would be a child of God. But this is more so for the sake of people um, who are looking for people who have walked away from the gay lifestyle and it's just easier for me to basically say oh i'm an ex-gay and put that on my social media platforms and give people an idea of who i am in a very short hand way of saying that so what is an ex-gay an ex-gay is just somebody who has decided for themselves that they no longer want to be a part of the lgbtq um, plus community and they no longer want to um basically have sex with the uh have sex with the same sex <laughs> yes i said that correctly <laughs> it's kind of late here guys it's like 12 a.m as i'm filming this so just bear with me um but basically what it means for me it just means that there was a time where i was indulging in um, homosexual relationships and living a homosexual lifestyle which just basically means that um i considered myself as someone who was gay or homosexual and I decided for myself that I no longer wanted to identify as homosexual or gay. And so I left that lifestyle and um, I decided that I wanted to identify now away from that. I wanted to distance myself from that label and what that means. And I also wanted to start taking um, steps to basically find myself and my identity in God and whom God has asked me to be and um, also what I've learned god says i am and so <laughs> it's i hope that that was a very clear answer um the next question is why do i call myself an ex-gay which i kind of answered already um it, i basically call myself an ex-gay only because for the sake of other people to let people know um that i am someone who has walked away decided to walk away from the homosexual lifestyle and so um, I put that on my social media, I put that on my YouTube, it gets people's attention to be able to recognize and label me very quickly. But like I said, um, I wouldn't necessarily uh, uh, like uh, encompass everything and all who I am within the title of being an ex-gay because there's so much more to me um, and my identity, um, which is rooted in Christ. And so I personally prefer child of God. Um, but Child of God doesn't really describe my whole experiences and the journey that I have faced so far. So that's why I call myself an ex-gay, which was kind of hard for me to do because there are a lot of just negative connotations with that label. Um, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, things in the news. Uh, there's, you know, there's drama behind that, that label. Um, but I decided for the sake of other people to take that on. Um, so that people would be able to identify my journey a little bit better. So um, does being, this is the third question, does being an ex-gay mean that you are perfect and sinless? So, all right, let's 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 get into, so, you know, this podcast is all about being honest and transparent, and I put myself out there so that other people understand that um, a Christian lifestyle is not as glorious and as... Um, perfect as one person may seem that there are bumps in the road and you know it's like a roller coaster there are highs and then there are lows um, but the whole point is that um, we stick to it you know our hope in Christ to be able to endure all the way to the end so does being an ex-gay mean that I am perfect and sinless absolutely not 
I am imperfect. I am sinful. <laughs> um, not because I deliberately am trying to be, but just because I am still technically in my flesh and on this earth and nothing is going to be able to kind of take that away. Um, the only thing and the reality that I'm currently living in and what I've placed my hope and my faith in is in Jesus and the things that I can't really see necessarily so far right now. But um, I can't see the fulfillment of a lot of those promises that have taken place um, within my life um, and are continuing to take place within my life. And a lot of that has already happened. Like, for example, um, when I made the decision that I wanted to be an ex-gay or uh, walk away from the homosexual lifestyle, um, that didn't mean that my same-sex attraction went away, which is another question that I'll probably answer. But... Um, it, it just meant that I was shifting my priorities from looking for a husband, looking for a boyfriend, having sex with men, um, shifting those priorities and putting them on God now. Everything about my life, everything about who I am was going to be basically coming from God and his word and what he says about me. So um, that's basically, it doesn't mean that I become perfect or sinless in any type of way at all. Um, I have had so many mistakes that I've made in this walk, especially because I never even I've never had a mentor. So I've never had anyone who um, has been through this themselves. Um, I know very few people who are actual, you know, ex-gays or, you know, part of the changed movement. That's maybe a better word for it, a better branding for it, I guess you would say, um, from the ex-gay label. Um, but I have pretty much have to do this by myself. And um, it has been difficult um, understanding that not everybody understands this walk and what it feels like and and what I have to go through on a daily basis um, the decision basically is that I have decided to stay abstinent um, that now since I am no longer um, trying to commit myself to a homosexual relationship or even have you know promiscuous sex with other males um, or someone of the same sex um, I have basically chosen a life of abstinence and um, and have chosen Jesus as my relationship, as the relationship that I want to dive deep into and want to discover and want to make my everything, if that makes any sense. So like I said, I'm not perfect. I'm not sinless. I've, I've made a lot of mistakes, um, which I think is also going to lead me into the next question, which is the fourth question. And that is, have you fallen into sin since making the decision to become an ex-gay or walk away from the lifestyle? I have fallen. You know, um, I regret to inform <laughs> that I have fallen um, a couple of times. I remember for the first eight months of my journey, uh, things were crazy. Um, I, I never, I never thought to myself um, that I would make it. You know, honestly, very far. I, I, I thought in making the decision that. You know, I would probably break it in a couple of months and maybe go back to that lifestyle. Honestly, I, I thought I was pretty weak to begin with. Um, I never thought that, you know, the Lord would continue to work on me and, and endure with me. And, 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 you know, it's been already four years since making that decision. And so I have fallen. I remember the first eight months were very easy. It was like God was putting me on a tricycle and uh, the wheels were going and things were very fast. <laughs> and, um, and, and I remember I, I was away from grinder, which is like a, a gay application, uh, for hookups and, you know, for relationships. I was away from grinder. I was away from sex and another man didn't even catch my attention. I remember I would go into the gym 
and um, I like I used to like muscles, and so I, and you know just attractive guys in general. Um, and so I would I would look around, and I remember doing those eight months. It, a guy would walk past me, and I just it was like they were invisible to me. I was so in love with Jesus, and if it did capture my attention, it was probably only for a second, and then I would remember and just look away, you know. And it was something that was just so easy for me. And so the Lord really delivered me um, in the beginning of my Christian walk. But it was almost like um, after those eight months, um, the Lord was like, okay, I've been helping you through this like very easily because it was nothing that I did, no steps that I took. Um, there was no morning routine of prayer in the morning that was specifically tied to this thing. It was just something that God did for me when I made that decision. And um, I was so, it was part of my first love, you know, and I'm continuing that first love. But he totally delivered me. And so after the eight months, um, it was almost like the Lord was telling me, I'm, I'm going to remove this tricycle and I'm going to make it into a bicycle. And it's going to be a little bit hard. You're going to fall a couple of times. But guess what? I'm going to be there with you through all of these situations. And I believe one of the reasons why God put me through those situations is because sometimes this walk is not easy. You know, um, I wish that, you know, at the snap of God's fingers, he would just deliver people and um, they would be done with that um, same-sex attraction, but it just doesn't happen that way. And so for that first eight months, I experienced that in my walk with God. And I thought to myself, wow, is it always going to be this easy? And then after the eight months, I fell into pornography, which I've talked about um, on previous videos, and I believe in my first episode of this podcast. And um, things just kind of fell down from there. And um, I no longer had the grace that I first had within the first eight months of my walk. And I know that this sounds like really funky and I can't even begin to explain because it didn't even make sense to me and it still doesn't make sense why God does certain things. Um, and most people would probably very much disagree with me and, and say, you know, there's no way that God would allow for sin to happen um, within a Christian man's walk. And um, I disagree because it's my journey and it's what I've been through and what I heard from God and, and during those times was that um, I was going through these very difficult things not because he didn't want to see me free because that was very easy for him to do he showed that to me within the first eight months he snapped his fingers and i was very much totally in love with him and no guys caught my attention pornography was not a deal for me and you know um grinder everything was just gone it was so easy so i know that it's possible for him to do that snap of the fingers and the deliverance whenever he wants to do that um but i fell back in and i heard from the lord just telling me if I make things easy for you like that, you will never be able to help other people who have this issue. And why he did that, I do not know. And to this day, I still don't know. Um, but I remember hearing that from God and making it my mission and understanding that through my struggles, um, through the battle of pornography and addiction and um, you know, having slip ups with men, um, that it was all for a purpose for me to help guys who maybe their deliverance process is not so easy and quick and fast. And I want to be able to help people like that because you know what? At the end of the day, there are more guys who are struggling than there are guys who have just been quickly delivered. And I believe that it, God is involved in both the ones that are struggling and the ones that are, you know, quickly delivered. And um, God's grace is God's grace. And we don't get to decide that only he does. And I'm okay accepting that. And even if it doesn't look like what I thought it would look like. 
And God loves to work that way. One of the one of the things that really you know is brought to my attention is John the Baptist. Um, John the Baptist had an idea of what God would look like. Even the nation of Israel had an idea of what the Messiah would look like when he showed up on the scene. And it was nothing like what they thought it would be. They were expecting, you know, this Messiah that was going to um, overthrow the Roman Empire and this military leader. And instead, they got this guy who laid down his life. And so John the Baptist being, you know, uh, the greatest prophet that ever lived, even he himself doubted whether or not Jesus was the Messiah, not because he didn't think he was the Messiah, but because he, the Messiah looked so different to what he had expected and so sometimes in my walk, that's what I thought. The church had told me this is how God does things. And that's the expectations that I set before God. And so now walking in my journey, I know I can't expect anything from God. Um, I, I, If I comprehended my God, if my God thought the way that I thought or, or thinks the way that I think, um, then he would be a very small God. And I don't serve a small God. I serve a very large, grand, amazing, glorious God. And his ways are so much higher than my ways. And the way that he thinks is so much higher than the way that I think. And so I don't necessarily understand it. Um, but I'm willing to put my life in servitude and submission um, unto God and his plan for my life. Because I've surrendered it. So it's what he wants. If he wants me um, it's struggling, then I will struggle. If he wants me, like John the Baptist, in a jail cell, then I will be in a jail cell, whether it's mentally or whether it's physically. That's what I will accept, um, my submission to the Father and what he thinks is the best plan for me. And it might just be because I'm immature. It might just be because, yeah, maybe I'm not spiritually mature. And he's trying to develop that maturity through the struggles. Um, and so whatever it is, I don't know, but I definitely still struggle with temptation and what I label this as is that I am still same-sex attracted, but I do not, I do not, I try not to act on those same-sex attractions. And when I do act on those same-sex attractions, um, I try not to fall into guilt, shame, and condemnation because that will keep me in that. I try to move forward and to endure, you know, pressing on, like Paul says, um, pressing on towards the goal, which is Jesus at every single time. So when I do make mistakes or when I am weak or when I do fall into temptation, I think about it, I bring it to God, um, I analyze it, uh, and I study it so that one day I can not only just help myself, but also help somebody else in return. And so that's the answer to that question. All right, so now we are going to get into the Instagram questions that I received, and we're 18 minutes in, so let's see. Uh, one of the questions is, does it get easier the closer you get to God? Does it get easier? <laughs> um, leaving, uh, like, I think he's referring to or she is referring to the same-sex attraction. Um, yes and no. Sometimes I feel like it, is, it has gotten easier because, um, you know, you're, you start a new lifestyle with God. And so you forget kind of who you used to be. Um, but it gets even harder because I feel like the longer that you are in a relationship with God, the more he pushes you, the more he tests you, um, the more he challenges you. So it's a yes and a no. It does get easier because you let go of kind of like the old identity and more and more of it is loosening its hold on you. Um, but the challenge comes from God pushing you and pushing you further into diving deep 
into your mentalities, your habits, um, your patterns of addictions, why you do what you do, um, into his word. Also, you know, first love is the first thing that we experience, which is like this honeymoon phase with, with God. And, you know, that fades and bitterness starts to set in and, you know, sometimes unforgiveness. And you have to be careful with those types of things. So um, my answer to that, does it get easier the more closer you become with God? Yes and no. Um, it's never going to be, I don't think it's ever going to be easy. Nothing with God is easy or else it wouldn't be worth it. Nothing in life that is worth it is easy. Um, and that includes the things with God. Um, but yes, it does at the same time. So that's my answer to that question. <laughs> so should we have the desire to be heterosexual? Is it weird to stay single? So should, should I have the desire to be heterosexual? You know what? Um, for, for many years, I thought that way. I, I grew up in a very Pentecostal church in, in which, you know, deliverance was a very big thing. Um, and, you know, uh, they tied homosexuality to the demonic which is not necessarily so, even though technically all sin is demonic, um, but it's it's a little bit of both. I would say it, it has a lot to do with the, a person's psychological mental health. Um, and then also, you know, with demonic uh, tendencies, uh, if you would call it that, but, um, and sometimes it's more one than the other. So I, for example, for me, it, it wasn't necessarily uh, demonic growing up. It was mostly due to my circumstances and my mentalities and the way that I think. Um, and so it's different for another person. Like, for example, I know that there have been many who are same-sex attracted because of a trauma within their lives. Like they were um, essayed, which is, you know, sexually abused. And, um, and that was a door or an entryway into something demonic, right? I never was essayed. Um, that never happened to me. I didn't experience that type of trauma. Um, but I do have other traumas of, of the mind, mentally, of, of my circumstances and my upgrowing, um, my upbringing, I should say, and you know my parental relationships with my parents and then also with my friendships. So um, I don't think, uh, like growing up in that Pentecostal environment, back to the question, um, I thought for a long time that the only way that I could have a relationship with Jesus was if I was heterosexual. And I know that that's a lie now, because if that were the case, then I would never pursue a relationship with Jesus because I am still same-sex attracted. It doesn't mean that I'm going around acting on the same-sex attraction. It just means that I'm aware of it. And now I am a, a con like consciously going against that consciously trying to make decisions that are going to go against that lifestyle and do am i perfect no not all the time but that's what i'm working towards taking steps like a ladder in a stairway so i think a lot of the church they just kind of want to have a one and done deal they don't want to face the problem and they definitely don't want to work with people through this problem because it makes them uncomfortable so their solution is just oh you know be heterosexual get into a marriage and um, I have a whole video about it, which is called um, The Church and Marriage, I believe, on my YouTube channel, something with marriage in it. I would highly recommend watching that video if you have, if you want this question answered, like long form. But the short answer is no. I don't believe anyone should strive to be heterosexual. Um, I do, however, if you are feeling called to be in a marriage or in a relationship by God, you should definitely strive for that because that's authored by God, right? I don't like I don't necessarily know if that's for my life. Um, I would like to hope that it is. I've gotten 
prophecies spoken over me that that is the case that one day I will get married and I will find a wife. I personally would like that for myself. I think having a, a partner, um, a, a um, action, what is it, a sidekick? There we go. Um, and a partner would be really awesome for my life, really awesome for my ministry. Having someone help me out as much as I can and helping out that person as well. Um, so it would be nice, but I don't know if that's within God's plan for my life. Um, that's ultimately going to have to be from God. And you know why I know this? Because in Matthew chapter 19, um, which I have another episode about, a podcast about, um, which is called, you know, something with eunuchs in it. Um, he talks about people who have, you know, remained absent for the kingdom of heaven. And it's not really necessarily preached in church a lot. Um, and it's not even really talked about, but just go ahead and read Matthew chapter 19 and you'll see that um, really the only thing that we should be striving for is the kingdom of heaven and our relationship to the Father and our love for the Father. And so that would be my answer to that question. So what was it like to leave or keep female friendships from your gay lifestyle? So basically the female friendships that I had, which actually is on par, I had a lot of female friendships um, what was it like for them leaving or me keeping those relationships? Um, I was a very different person um, before Christ. Very, very different. For anyone who knew me, they would 100% agree with that statement. And so when I became a Christian, a lot of those friends necessarily um, didn't want to be a part of the lifestyle that I now was living which was, you know, going to church, reading the Bible, praying. I was really radical in the beginning of my walk. I was doing um, evangelisms. I was going out, you know, to the beach and, and praying for people and worshiping. And, you know, my entire life was just revolving about around Jesus. So when I would meet up with these friends, um, I had a couple. Um, all I could talk about all the time was Jesus. And some of them liked that and some of them disliked that. Um, it wasn't that they disliked me, um, but I was changing and if they didn't change with me or if they didn't accept that for me, um, it was going to be difficult for them. So to me, female friendships are important. But at the same time, um, I think really, uh, I think more male friendships are more important, especially with someone who struggles with same sex attraction. So if you necessarily do not struggle with same sex attraction, but you're a male and you know someone in your life who does, um, just know that your relationship to them is crucial and very important. Um, but female friendships, to me, um, the dynamics of it changed a lot, especially when I became a Christian. I started seeing that girls were now interested in me, especially Christian girls. Um, I've had a lot of weird things happen to me in those areas. <laughs> um, so there are things that I could no longer do that I used to do, which was, you know, late night phone calls with girls. Um, it would just give them the wrong idea because now there is a change with in myself you know and um there's a lot that goes behind that but um essentially i had i don't think i don't think i i think maybe i have one friend that respected that decision and i continue to still talk to to this day um but i am not close with any of the female friendships that i had before christ and I'm okay with that. And they're okay with that too, because it wasn't like we ended in bad terms. It was just like I changed and they they were on board for that in my life. Like I don't think any of the relationships I ended, you know, horribly at all. Um, but they just weren't about that lifestyle. And so 
that was that and that was our friendship and i they're more like acquaintances now but now i have different female friendships who are christian and you know um but you know what speaking of i actually have a friend who's a lesbian and she's amazing and i love her and i try to show her the love of christ and she's remained in my life but we weren't necessarily super close to begin with um we're, we're probably closer now actually speaking of um, but it's not like we hang out all the time because also something really important is that we have friendships that are not just Christian friendships. Like if every single person in your life is Christian, then you need to analyze, you know, your friendships because are you reaching people with the gospel? Are you showing people the love of Jesus? Which is something that we need to be doing. So I'm just going to go ahead and take a sip of my protein water here, which has no protein in it. Because my voice is like out of it today. <clears throat> So the next question is, do people from the LGBTQ respect you or do they get offended by you? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I've had people who um, have, you know, respected me a lot. Um, I, I, I won't name any names, but I have a very close friend who's still within that lifestyle. And he is an amazing friend. He doesn't necessarily agree with everything that I've done. Um, he himself is a believer. Um, I'm not sure if he's a practicing believer. Um, according to him, he thinks he is. And I respect that and he respects me. You know, um, but honestly, uh, I haven't necessarily had horrible reactions uh, to my lifestyle and I hope they don't happen. <laughs> but even on even online, I've had, um, you know, I think people, they see all the negative comments, but I tend to, I'm a, I'm a cup half full kind of guy i'm very optimistic i tend to see um the positive within um the the comments that i get on my social medias um you know having three hundred thousand people watch your testimony there's going to be good and then there's going to be bad but really i've just seen a lot of good and i hope that it continues that way and i think it's mostly just because i really try to understand where people are coming from and my delivery and the, the way that I communicate what I'm going through is very real, very honest, very transparent. And um, I don't necessarily try to push that on anybody. And I respect everybody's decision, whatever they think and whether I agree or whether I don't agree. And my job is not to let them know whether I agree or disagree. My job is to love them. And if they give me a place and a position within their lifestyle to be able to correct them, or for them to hear me out, in my opinions, I will let them know. But um, I think it's a it's, it's a little bit of both. Um, I've had people who have been very, very offended by me. Um, and I try not to take it too personally. Honestly, really. I think going through you know the whole coming out and being in the gay lifestyle and then also doing something as crazy as becoming a stripper, it kind of desensitizes you to people's opinions. So I never really cared about what people thought about me. And I still don't. There are a lot of Christians who I've actually gotten more backlash from Christians than I have from secular people, which is actually really funny. Um, I have a lot more negative reactions from Christians than I do from secular people, which is crazy to me. Um, but uh, I think it's a, I think it's a little bit of both. Like uh, and and really, people's opinions don't really necessarily matter to me that much. I think the people's opinions that do matter to me are the ones who I care about and who I know are actively pursuing the Lord and love God. And those are the opinions that I do care about. Um, but even then, nothing compares to the opinion of God. And so I'm, I'm not really too hung up on that, but <clears throat> uh, it's a mixture of both. They People respect me and people also get offended by me. 
Um, so next question, <clears throat> do you have plans to get married? So I kind of answered this like previously. Um, I don't have any plans to get married <laughs> right now. <laughs> uh, I have not found um, a girl who is interested. Um, and if there is a girl that is interested, the Lord needs to let me know about that first. Um, and I believe that he will because for God, nothing is impossible. God has given me instructions on how to live my life on a daily basis. And so when God feels I'm ready for something like that, um, then that will come. Um, until then, it's not something that I am pushing for. It's not something that's on my agenda. It's not even something that's a goal. My only goal is to serve Jesus every single day and to try to be the best person that I can in Christ that I possibly can be, uh, to love the people around me. And um, a marriage is not important to me right now um, until God says that it should be important to me. And so I'm not against marriages at all. A lot of people, we it's kind of like idolized within church, within the Christian culture. It's like marriage, marriage, marriage all the time. I think we need to bring that down a little bit and we need to glorify God instead and our mission and our vision in God. I think that's really important. Most people get married and they have no idea who they are and their identity in God. They have no idea what they're doing for God. They have no idea their mission for God. I think that needs to change. And so um, I, I don't have any plans right now to get married. <laughs> um, but who knows, you know, I, I don't know if a girl is going to come into my life um, and I would not be opposed to that unless God wants me to be opposed to it. Um, I'm for whatever God wants and that's all that I care about. So how did you stop feeling attraction to the same sex? So like I said, I'm still same sex attracted. Um, it varies. I've like how I talk about it is that there are good days and then there are bad days. Um, there are days where I wake up and there is no temptation. You know, um, I'm focused. I've, I've got dove eyes for the Lord. Um, I'm spiritually mature that day and then there are other days where it's just hard and i have weaknesses and um, i find myself lingering and looking sometimes when i shouldn't be uh or even falling and that's okay you know um as long as i pick myself back up again and i try and i learn from it and i learn from my mistakes which i do i try to learn from my mistakes and so um how how do i deal with that like how do i how do i stop the same-sex attraction um I just look to God. I think that's the most important thing. My my relationship to Jesus, the prayers, um, the worship. Um, how if I'm if I'm focused on what He's asked me to do, I think that's the most important. Um, if I'm not doing what He wants me to do, which is you know my YouTube, my podcasts, um, my Bible studies, uh, feeding people like spiritually, you know, through my Bible studies, um, I think I tend to fall more. And um, because I'm out of his plan for my life. Um, but I think uh, it's not something that I'm actively trying to stop, you know. Um, and that sounds bad, but I like remember I'm an optimistic kind of dude. I kind of like to look at the cup half full. So what I like to do instead is I like to focus my energy on building my relationship with Jesus. And when I do that, the attraction does fade away. Um, will it ever completely fade away? I've heard some people say yes, and I've heard some people say no, you know, from different ministries, pastors and leaders. Um, that's not a concern to me. Uh, either way, I will continue to submit to God and work for Him and love Him, whatever the circumstances are. And I think everybody else should feel that way as well. 
whether they deal with the same-sex attraction and it fades or it doesn't fade, that we continue to stay obedient and submitted to, to the Lord in whatever he takes us through and completely in love with him through that. So the next question is, how do you forgive yourself from being in the gay lifestyle? That's kind of like a harsh question, but <laughs> um, I don't have to forgive myself because Jesus already forgave me. And um, it makes me even want to cry, which I don't want to cry right now on this podcast. Uh, but I get emotional because I can just remember, I talk about this all the time, so maybe I've mentioned it before, but I can remember Mary who sat at the feet of Jesus and Jesus said, um, about Mary, you know, those who have been forgiven much, love much. And that's how I feel about my life. Um, I did a lot of bad things in my life. I hurt a lot of people, um, maybe not intentionally, uh, but through sin and, you know, through lust and, and a bunch of other things, you know. And I don't have to forgive myself for that. Like Jesus has forgiven me for that. His blood speaks a better word over my life. And so if Jesus can forgive me, then I can forgive that of myself and I'm I'm so glad that he does forgive me because that compels me to love him more and love him harder um, and yeah and those are straight out of the words of Jesus and so um, I don't necessarily think about that like think about all the past things that I've done um, I think in the beginning it was a little bit difficult but I remember standing in my authority and I remember praying and, you know, just telling myself, it's been forgiven. God has forgiven me. That's not the way that God views me. And I remember verses like him when he forgives, you know, there's a specific verse in the Bible, which I can't pull up right now, but it says that when he forgives us, he forgets about it. He throws it into, into the deepest parts of the ocean and he never remembers it again. And so standing firm on that, understanding that he has forgiven me, it's done because of his son. If I say, if I say that he hasn't forgiven me and I can't forgive myself, then I would say that essentially the sacrifice that Jesus made was not enough. And I know that the sacrifice that Jesus made was enough. Even just one drop of his blood would have been enough, but he gave his entire life. And so I stand firm on that. And that's how I get through that. And so the next question is this one. Okay, this I, I think I'm going to leave this one for last. But uh, the next question is, what does masculinity physically and emotionally mean for God? So this was something that I struggled with a lot in the beginning because, you know, to be honest, I was pretty feminine. And, or so I thought I was feminine um, in my identity. I liked makeup. Um, I liked girl dresses. Um, I love drag queens. Um, I still do. Like I, I, I love, I love drag queens. I love gay people. I love, you know, transgender. I have, um, I have nothing against them. I'm not in agreement with their lifestyle. Um, but I love them. I love the art that they're able to express themselves through at this particular moment in their lives. And I believe that God can redeem that. Right. Um, and that's what I would hope that God would redeem that and that God would love them the same way that he's loved me. Um, so I was really into all those kind of things and I was pretty feminine and even my voice is probably still feminine. It has changed, but not because I've been deliberate with it, not because I've been trying to change my voice, not because I've been trying to be more masculine. Um, I just, the more I set my eyes on God, the more he would show me who I really was. And so I believe masculinity to me um, and why he wanted to assign me with more of a masculinity is that 
I, I, I'm not sure, don't fact check me on this, but I remember looking into this a really long time ago in the beginning of my walk and my journey. So I might have to look into it again. But I believe that the, the definition of masculinity, according to the Bible, is someone that speaks truth. And when I began my relationship with Jesus, that was all that I would do, is I would speak the truth, which is the word of God, right? This is my truth. And so when I am living in that truth, when I'm speaking that truth, when I'm spreading the truth, when I'm teaching the truth, um, when I'm living that, I am the definition of masculine. It doesn't matter what the world says. The world says pink is for girls and blue is for boys. That's not in the Bible. Um, that's culture. According to the Bible, the only thing that makes me a man is whether or not I speak truth and whether I hold on to my relationship with God. That is what makes me a man and that is what makes me masculine. Everything else is a byproduct of what society thinks. So if I have a deep voice or if I have a lot of mannerisms or I have a lot of expressions, they have attached feminine to that and masculine to that. And I don't subscribe to that. That's not an idea that I care about. I am learning how to be myself and my identity with the Lord. So like costumes, right? Uh, some people might say that's pretty feminine. Um, I don't care what people have to say because in my costumes, I'm living the truth. I'm living the word of God. I'm teaching. I'm, I'm, I'm entertaining people. I'm getting people closer to the Lord. And that's all that I care about. The kingdom is my utmost like standard for my life. And um, it's what I shoot for every single day. Masculinity is not something I want to shoot for because God's not in that. You know, it's like, when where does God say that we have to be more masculine? Um, I know we're not supposed to be like females or take on the roles of female, um, according to, you know, Deuteronomy, um, and the law of Moses, which by the way, we're not under anymore. We're under grace. Um, but I don't think that that's when I get to heaven, I don't think God is going to be like, Hey, why weren't you more masculine? <laughs> like, I can't even imagine like that happening. Um, because that's not what it means for him. What he's more concerned is how I live for him and for others. Um, so the next question is, what's the best way to approach LGBTQ plus people without hurting their feelings? I'm assuming this person means like in bringing the gospel because in relationship, I don't think that anything should change. Um, you would treat these people the same way that you treat everybody else. You love them. You love them. You love them with the love of Christ. And when they do you wrong, you forgive them. Um, don't speak out of turn. You know, um, don't be super opinionated unless they ask. And remember, try to have discernment for when people are really genuinely asking or when people just want to tell you something or want to respond so that they can argue with you or debate with you. Um, treat LGBTQ plus people the same way that you would treat other people with love and with respect, even if you don't agree with their actions and their choices. I have many straight um, heterosexual friends that I don't agree with their actions and their choices and I still love them. And I have gay, homosexual, transgender, lesbian friends that I don't agree with their actions and but I respect their choices and I love them. And I'm there when, I, when they need me to be there for them. And um, I think anybody that can't do that is maybe someone who needs to mature within their faith um, and needs to work on themselves deeper because... Uh, have me having a relationship or a friendship with someone, not a relationship, but a friendship with someone, which is ultimately a relationship, but a friendship with someone who is um, same-sex attracted or um, in the LGBTQ lifestyle, that shouldn't derail me and my morality. 
um, I am the influencer. They are not the influencer. If they are influencing me, then I no longer am living this word. So how do I influence people by this word? Loving them, earning their respect, earning their trust, um, being a really good friend to them um, by your actions, not just your words. So I hope that helps. Um, the next question is, what was the moment when you felt convicted about the gay lifestyle from the Holy Spirit? All right, so this is kind of a, not a PG, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to keep it PG-13. But the moment that I felt it, I remember I was three months into my research, and I, I think I've talked about this before, but I was three months into my research of Christianity because I wanted to know if Christianity was the religion for me, um, if it was if it was real. <laughs> and three months in, I was um, in the middle of intercourse with another man, right in the middle of intercourse with another man, and the Holy Spirit in that moment just just made me feel really disgusted with the whole thing and um i was so over it and right in the middle i told him and i, I said hey you know i'm just not feeling this anymore i'm sorry it's it's not you it's it's just me and i felt convicted i felt disgusted i felt convicted um i felt like i wanted to change i felt like this wasn't for me anymore um and i didn't want to do it anymore and this tends to happen a lot to me even still um, sometimes I doubt whether or not I have changed and then I fall into patterns of habits of my old lifestyle or I fall into sin and as I'm doing it, I realize I don't like this anymore and this doesn't bring me pleasure anymore and um, I don't want this for my life anymore. And so I kind of, so there are moments when I remember those things and there are moments when I don't remember that and that could be demonic or that could also just be me. You know, um, but I, I know that there a change has occurred within my life because it started from that moment, from the first three months when I was investigating Christianity, having intercourse with a man and walking away and, and, and then never doing it again for another eight months. And um, well, actually longer than that, I believe it was like a year and until I felt again with, an, with another guy. And then when that happened, it was the same thing. I was like, I don't like this. I'm not happy with this anymore. I'm not fulfilled with this anymore. Um, and I never want to do this again. <laughs> and that's how I feel like it's, there's a change that has occurred with me. And I thank God for that every single day. And I try to remember that I journal that, um, I pray about it. I, I tell stories about it. I tell my friends about it so I can remember. Um, and you know, our relationships with Jesus, it's all about remembrance. It's all about remembering what God has done for us. Um, what God is continuing to do for us. And it's when we forget that we fall back into those old habits and into those old patterns. So um, here's another question. What do you do with memories of your past lifestyle? Honestly, to be honest, I really don't remember that much about my life, my past lifestyle. I think the most that I remember is my time in New York because it was like a really crazy time. Um, but I don't think about it and I tend not to, like I heard, I heard a friend one time said to me that, looking to the past is illegal in the spirit world and it's illegal for the holy spirit um unless we do it with the holy spirit and so i tend not to remember things from my past and when i start to think about it i know that i'm not moving in the holy spirit and unless the holy spirit reminds me about that and he wants me to go there with him right um but most of the times i don't think about it i don't dwell on it um even things that happen to me in new york like 
I haven't even written my book yet, which I want to write. So one day I will be able to do that. But I hope that I can remember all those things because honestly, at this point, I'm like, I'm going to have to journal or write this down because like the, every year I forget and forget and I don't remember more and more things um, that I experience within that lifestyle. And I think that's for the best. So when I start writing this book or, you know, my memoir, or whatever I'm going to write, um, I hope that the Holy Spirit reminds me of all the things that I went through um, because I just don't think about it. I don't dwell on it anymore. Um, and I try not to. Um, and when it does happen, because it does, I remember, during winter is hard for me. Uh, winter is very difficult for me because it was the season that I moved to New York. Um, so I always think about New York during winter and I get kind of very sad and depressed. Um, I stop myself and I, 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 I try to focus on where I am today with the Lord and in remembrance, constantly in remembrance. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and answer this question. How did your family take the decision of leaving the gay lifestyle behind? My parents are Christian. Um, they wanted that for me. They're pretty much my whole life. Um, <laughs> they were on board with it. Um, but I think, I, I don't think any of them really truly knew that it was gonna go this far. Um, and that I was going to stick with it because I'm the type of guy that I, I do a lot of things and I try out a lot of things and I never really stick with anything. And so I know that they're very proud of me and they were very happy when I made that decision. Um, I don't even know if they thought it would last, but it did last and it will continue to last in Jesus name. <laughs> and so um, they took it well. And so any advice for young people struggling with same sex attraction? Um I think the advice that I would give is don't care about what people have to say. Only care about what God has to say. Read the word for yourself. Study the word for yourself. Learn it. Know it. Understand it contextually, expositionally. You know, read commentaries. Listen to YouTube sermons. Um, be careful who you listen to. But just do your research for yourself. Um, don't let anyone tell you that God doesn't love you because of your same-sex attraction, that God hasn't forgiven you because of, of where you're at in life. God is a good father. He is a good friend. He loves you very much. Um, he doesn't necessarily, um, he wants repentance, but repentance not within your own strength, but within the strength of the Holy Spirit. So um, what that means is just that you would turn and that you would look to him in all situations, no matter where you're at, whether you're on your highest mountains or you're in your lowest valley. So that would be the advice that I have to say is if I thought about everything that people told me in this walk and in this journey, I would not be where I am today at all. I think I would have been back in the lifestyle. But the only opinion that I care about, um, not even my parents, my friends, pastors, leaders, only one that I care about is God's opinion and what his word says about me. And so I can't know what it says about me if I don't study it for myself. And so that would be an advice is just study the word of God and um, don't listen to what people have to say about you negatively unless you know their heart's in the right place and the Holy Spirit is, is saying the exact same thing to you. So um, I'm going to answer one more question, which is a wild question. I don't know why I got this one, but is using makeup slash skincare not appropriate for men? So I'm I'm wearing makeup right now as for my costume, which is this suntan look, right, that I've got going on because of the gym look and the beach kind of look. Um, I don't think there's anything bad in using makeup. Um, 
Some people use it artistically. I think we've labeled it and we've put it in a place where now we can't even use it for the kingdom. I would love to see makeup artists create beautiful things um, that exhibit kingdom. You know, um, like, I don't know how to describe it, but use it for God. Because there, I think colors and, and beauty, it's like, it's not feminine. You know, I think we think like, oh, something's pink, something's blue, you know, like colors and makeup and all this, this that's all for girls. But anything can be used for God if you dwell with it within the Holy Spirit and the realm um, of, of surrendering that unto the Lord. So no, I don't think makeup is bad. Um, um, as long as, you know, you're not actively trying to make people lust after you with that makeup. Um, but skincare, also not bad. Um, we get wrinkles. I want to look good. If I ever have to go on camera, like... I don't want to get up there looking a mess. You know, I want to take care of my, my skin. I want to take care of what God has given to me. So no, I don't think that's at all gay. <laughs> um, I, I, that's, I think that's crazy that we even have to ask that question in this society. And I, it's real, you know. Um, but it's definitely appropriate for men. And so that's just my opinion. If you want to disagree, you can disagree. I, you know, I take care of my skin. I wear makeup sometimes. I wear makeup under my eyes. I have terrible under eye bags that I wear for my Bible study sometimes. Cover up those under eye bags. Nobody wants to see that. It's unattractive. Um, and so I try to look my best and present myself the best so that people can listen to what I have to say, which is ultimately talk about God. All right, guys. So those are all the questions that I got um, on my Instagram for, um, you know, being an ex-gay. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If you have more questions... Uh, feel free to email me at united12 at gmail.com. Um, I am terrible with my email. So if you've ever emailed me and you haven't gotten a response, please forward it again. Uh, send it to me again. I will get to it. I'm just really bad with emails. The best way to contact me is through Instagram. I am always on Instagram and I respond to direct messages. So I try to respond. I think at some point I will have to stop because it's too much, but I can do it now. So um, that's the best way to get in contact with me. Once again, guys, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. My voice is so dead. Um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed being a pit viper gym dude. <laughs> and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the costume, the Jesus Games shirt. Um, and I, I hope you, you, you know, you took something away from this. And if you, if you know somebody who struggles with same sex attraction or, um, or maybe you're going through it, you know, rewatch this video, listen to it. Um, send me, send me a direct message if you still have more questions. And I'm so thankful for all those that made it to the end and thank you for listening. Um, and I hope you have a beautiful, awesome day. Peace out.